Hi, everyone. The verse we're looking at today is in the Gospel of John. It's a statement by Jesus, powerful statement. John 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I suppose we might call this short message Faith Tried and Triumphant. We know someone who has overcome. Our faith is often tried. Jesus said that in this world we will have trouble. He doesn't say that it's just the doubters or the unbelievers who will have trouble. He said, you will have trouble, talking to his own disciples. So any system of teaching that denies the reality of trouble for Christians in this world isn't preparing you in the way that we see here. Nevertheless, we are to take heart because there is one who has overcome. And no, it's not the preacher who presents himself as perfect. It's not the TV pastor who says that he has so much faith that no harm will touch him. The overcomer is Jesus Christ himself. He's the one to whom we should look. Sometimes we escape danger. We avoid trouble. And of course, we thank God for that as well. My uncle who lives in Cyprus, was one of the first in that country to be diagnosed with the coronavirus. He's in his late 70s. It was a big deal to get that news. It suddenly all became very real and we were obviously praying. He was whisked off to hospital. He was treated and after a couple of weeks of care, he'd overcome the virus and he was sent home again. And of course, my father, who's in his 80s, was overjoyed and went to check on him. And I said to my dad, I hope you didn't go into the house. And he said, of course I didn't. I stayed at the gates. Now the gates, the entrance to the property is about 40 meters from the actual house itself. That sounds very grand, but really it's just a concrete slab. Uh, he says, I stayed at the gate and we just shouted to each other. And when I heard that, I just thought, well, that's, everything's normal again then. Just a normal Greek conversation. Sometimes we don't have such good news as that though. We don't always have such a good answer. Sometimes the trouble multiplies and there isn't a happy ending. It doesn't end with brothers shouting happy greetings to one another. Sometimes it really goes wrong and the danger doesn't pass and we need something solid and stable to hold on to. The source of stability is not within you. I don't know if you've tried that option before. It isn't in a set of white-knuckled principles that must be followed legalistically either. You may have tried that too. The source of our stability isn't in our feelings, in our efforts, even ultimately in the change of our circumstances. It's in a person. And it's in the perspective of hope that that person brings. And that person is Jesus Christ. He has been and is now watching you, looking for you, eager for your attention that you might turn to him. He's ready to meet with you. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So how do I get this into my life? How do I absorb this? How do I receive Christ, as it were, and hide in him until the danger passes? Now, the idea of hiding may strike you as counterintuitive, almost a little kind of odd. To want to find shelter, to want to hide, seems cowardly. But when the danger's real, it isn't. Paul describes this very thing in Colossians chapter 3. Like his argument in many other places, he describes the Christian as one whose old life has gone. The old has gone, the new has come. The old you has died with Christ and you've received a new nature. The old has gone. And in Colossians, it's beautiful the way he says it. He says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What a wonderful phrase. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Can you see how to comfort us in our immediate trouble in the short term, Paul gives us the full breadth of the overcoming life of Christ. And he shows how we are now joined to Christ and beneficiaries of his life. Once you've put your trust in Christ, you are eternally joined to him. You are in Christ forever. We are incorporated into his overcoming life. And so we, in all our weakness and helplessness and vulnerability, are placed into Christ and carried through all the stages of his triumphant overcoming. You are in Christ. And in Christ, you died with him. You rose with him. You are seated with him in heavenly places, you will be glorified in Him on that last day. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. What a privilege. So to our verse, three very short points. Firstly, listening to Jesus where He says, I've told you these things. Secondly, Jesus as the source of peace in this world. And thirdly, Jesus as the overcomer of the world. First of all then, listening to Jesus. It's important that we listen to what we're told. We've been learning that, haven't we, over the last few weeks. In any task we do, we need to listen or take in the instructions accurately in order to do things well or do things properly. We're obeying the instructions that we've been given to limit the spread of this virus. And in order to take heart or be encouraged, we need to listen to Jesus. This is a season when you could actually dig deeper into the teachings of Jesus than you've ever done before. He's told us these things so that we can find genuine peace. Here's a few of the things that he's told us, and they are wonderful. He said this, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. He said, I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He says, I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Come, says Jesus, all who are thirsty, come to the living water. One time Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let me encourage you to listen to Jesus. I've said these things to you. Well, let's get to know the things that Jesus has said to us. Then we'll benefit from his teaching. Be still and know that Jesus is God. Know his word coming. Abide in him and let his word abide in you so that whatever you wish, he will give to you. There are loads of voices out there, videos, news reports, blog posts, sermons, celebrities telling us many different things. Learn to listen to Jesus. Learn to be still in this season and get to know your God. That's the first thing then, listening to him. Secondly, Jesus is the ultimate source of peace. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you have peace. In me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Well, it's an easy contrast. In me, peace. In the world, trouble. You will be disappointed if you look anywhere else apart from the God of the Bible for peace. Because the real cause of our lack of peace is our separation from God on account of our sin. And that's not to downplay the trouble. There are troubles as well which challenge our peace. The church in Jerusalem were scattered. They lost properties and possessions and yet they continued preaching that there is a hope in Jesus Christ. Peter actually, even in the midst of the suffering that the church had been experiencing through all of this, says, be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Ultimate peace is in him because the ultimate problem isn't circumstances, it's spiritual. And trouble, hard, horrible trouble should drive us to God for help. Don't throw your peace away cheaply by serving or giving in to the false promises of sin. Sin won't satisfy. Watch yourself carefully. Look, look to Christ and not at the wind and the waves around you. The Bible provides the answer for our sin, for our guilt, and for our lack of peace. And it's in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says you won't be disappointed if you look to Jesus. Whoever trusts in him will never be disappointed. Romans 10 verse 11, what a verse. Whoever trusts in him will never be disappointed for there's no difference in his differentiation between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be 
saved. Let's make sure we're listening to him. Let's make sure that we are recognizing that it's in him ultimately that our peace will be found. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And then thirdly, Jesus is the overcomer of the world. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. What a statement, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Wow, this is amazing stuff. You and I may not have overcome, but there is one who has overcome. Where you and I have failed, He has overcome. Wonderful news. Recognize who He is. Recognize what He has done for you. The privilege, the advantage that you have because you know Jesus Christ is immense. He overcame so much. He overcame every temptation that was thrown at Him. He was tempted, uh, the writer to the Hebrews says, He was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15. I mean, a huge number of possible temptations came to Him. To pride, to prove Himself, to turn those stones to bread, to ambition, they wanted to make Him king, to worldliness, Wealth and power, the devil, you remember, in the temptation, offered him all the kingdoms and all their glory to fame and flattery. Crowds uh, came around him, but he moved on, emphasizing repentance, even when it seemed to shrink the size of the crowd. To sexual pressure, we're told that he was a man just like us, yet without fault and without sin. To justify himself when he was slandered, to compromise with tradition when it just seemed to be aggravating the situation, to self-pity when he was ridiculed by his own brothers, to discouragement when John the Baptist seemed to have doubts and said, are you the one that we're looking for? To fear when John the Baptist was then beheaded, to impatience with the disciples' selfishness and self-centeredness, to unforgiveness because he was betrayed by those who said, who promised that they'd stand with him to self-interest when he was at his trial and remained silent like a lamb sent to the slaughter. When they shouted up at him, save yourself from the cross. He wasn't tempted by that. He overcame all the temptations that were thrown at him. He overcame all the assaults of the devil, direct demonic temptation to rebel against God and worship the devil. Upfront temptation. All this will I give you, says the devil, if you will bow down and worship me. It's ridiculous. But that temptation came to Christ. Pressure of lack of sleep, lack of food, hostile interrogation by those around him, trying to constantly trip him up, discourage him, stop him on his journey towards discipling his disciples and going toward the cross. Demonized people coming all the time, needing deliverance all around him, but he had mercy on the people and set them free. He overcame all these different pressures. He overcame sickness and disease. All who came to him were healed, sometimes just with a touch, sometimes with a word from fevers to blindness and deafness to raising the dead even. He overcame disease and sickness. He overcame the problem of your sin 
and my sin at the cross. This, he said, before he was betrayed, this is my blood poured out for you. That's what happened at the cross. Jesus gave himself for you and for me. He himself, says Peter, he himself bore our sins in his body when he was on the cross. This wasn't something delegated to angels or others. He himself went to the cross and died for you. He suffered in your place and in my place. He himself shed his blood, bore our sins in his body on the cross. The blood of Jesus, God's Son, John tells us, cleanses us from all sin. He overcame the problem of your sin. The blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And then in the book of Revelation, John again says, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Jesus overcame. Isaiah 1, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Let me say it to you. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. There is a solution for the soul's stain of sin. And it's the wonderful cross of Christ where he took your place and received upon himself all the justified anger of God against sin and evil and poured out his wrath upon the Son of God. Jesus took that punishment on your behalf and on my behalf and died. Where did my sins go? They died in Christ when he died on the cross. And then on the third day, glorious day, he rose again from the dead and appeared and is alive and ascended. It's a wonderful thing. Maybe you need to repent of your sin today. Maybe you need to say, God, forgive me. Sometimes trouble or sickness will provoke us to take account of our lives and, and cry to God for mercy. It's not a bad thing to look at the cross of Christ and to say, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. He overcame the problem of your sin at the cross. He overcame death itself. He overcame death itself. They crucified him. They buried him. But God raised him from the dead on the third day. He has ascended up into heaven having successfully opened a way for all of us. And he's alive now, right now, he's alive. And you can meet with him. You can connect with him, Christian. You can come into his presence and enjoy the love of God poured out by the Holy Spirit, Father, Son and Holy Spirit dwelling together with you through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one God has provided for you and for me and for the whole world. Jesus is the greatest. Without question, Jesus is the greatest. 
The battle against sin and death and hell has been fought and won by Him. He has overcome. What a cause of rejoicing. What a reason for joy to bubble up and burst the banks in our lives. He has overcome. He overcame every temptation that was thrown at Him, all the assaults of the devil, over sickness and disease. He overcame the problem of our sin at the cross. He even overcame death itself. Are you listening? Are you listening? I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's difficult to even read those words without feeling a sense of joy and freedom in what Christ has accomplished on our behalf. He has pioneered the firstborn of the sons of the ages into the presence of God. And we, and one day he'll say, I and the brethren whom you've given me, we will all appear before him, glorified and sanctified. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Come, follow me. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And this verse I read as well, whoever trusts in him will never be disappointed. We never shall, not ultimately. We will not, we will be thrilled. On that final day, there will be two groups of people. One group asking for the rocks and the mountains to cover us and hide us from the wrath of God. And a whole different group who are just staring in amazement and awe and wonder at the glorious, beautiful Lord Jesus Christ when he returns. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So your faith may be tried, but it can be triumphant. Not triumphalistic. We're not denying trouble. Your faith can be tried and be found to be triumphant. Listen to him because he is the ultimate source of peace and he has overcome the world. Shall we pray? Father, thank you so much for your provision of your Son for us. We ask, Lord, that we would take these wonderful words that he spoke, apply them into our lives, and even the midst, in the midst of challenge and difficulty, that we would secure both hope and peace in our hearts and those whom we influence for our edification and good and for your glory. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for giving us such a great salvation. Amen. Amen.